Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. Hello and welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. <laughs> um, unfortunately, August is not here with me today, but I'm Delight and we have with us Natasha Metzler. Hi. Who is not a stranger to our show. She's been on several episodes. If August was here, she'd be able to tell you all the numbers and stuff, but maybe we'll get real fancy and put them in the show notes or something if you want to go back and listen. But we are actually starting... This is the first episode of a series of five, and this month we are kind of focusing on infertility. Um, Natasha has a booklet, yes. <laughs> I, yes. book, booklet, yes, I don't know, um, publication coming yeah. out, <laughs> and it's called The Christian Woman's Guide to Infertility, and it just... Well, I'll have her share a little bit about it, but we are going to just take the next few weeks and talk about the different subjects covered in there. And obviously that's something that Tasha and I both have in common that we've both dealt with. And, you know, in a lot of ways there's similarities and there's a lot of differences. And so we just thought it would be hopefully a good resource to kind of talk about. And we really feel like the struggles that come the struggle of infertility that someone might benefit from some of the things that we've learned and how we've grown through that. Even if that isn't your particular struggle, mm -hmm. I guess just that even in other things. Yeah. Don't, I guess I'm trying to say, don't tune, don't tune us out if you don't struggle with infertility, because we'd like to talk even about if you have a friend or someone you love that does how, maybe just a little insight on what they're feeling and how you can be a blessing to them. But also like it's not the childlessness is not the only place that people have barrenness, I guess right. is the word that we'd use. Like mm -hmm. it, there's other places, other subjects where you can feel very similar things. So we hope that that will be a blessing if you're struggling in another way. Mm -hmm. So Tasha, would you just tell just give us a little overview of the book and what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. Sure. Yeah. So um, I actually wrote this book uh, about two and a half years ago. And when I wrote it, I was in the middle of over a decade of infertility um, and had no idea that God was going to change that part of my story. Um, but if you follow me at all, you know that God did give us a miracle baby who is 15 months old now. And so it was kind of actually, I, I felt like the Lord had given me some things to say about infertility again. I wrote about it. My very first book kind of talked about infertility. That was a book called Pain Redeemed. But then since then, I've written about a lot of different things. But I came back around to it, like I said, about two and a half years ago. And put together just um, some things that were really on my mind and heart about uh, functioning with infertility. And the the subtitle is Hope and Healing Even Without a Baby. 
And it's kind of my story of how um, the Lord took over a bunch of places in my life that infertility was trying to take over mm-hmm. is maybe a good way to put it. And so um, it's, it is just a booklet. It's not long. Um, I really am a firm believer in just saying what you need to say and not adding anything to it. <laughs> and so, and also um, I also did this with this book in particular on purpose because when I was in the worst parts of infertility I didn't have a lot of attention span to read longer books and there's some really excellent ones that are out there so if you are at the place to be able to read more in depth about facing infertility and dealing with it there are just I actually have a blog post on my blog at natashametzler.com if you search for Christian books about infertility there's a whole list of ones there that um, are ones that have blessed me at different points but there definitely was a time when I needed just really short and to the point. And so that is what I tried to uh, make as a resource for people. So that's what the book is. Um, it covers five different topics. Like Letty said, um, the one is just yourself, like who you are. Um, infertility can really attack our identity. And so that was one place um, that I talk about infertility not getting the right to define me and how that looked in my life. And then also just encouragement in scripture and from the Lord on how to find healing in that area if that is a place that you're struggling. Um, The next thing is faith because when we are walking through a season of barrenness, and like Letty said, it may be infertility, it could be so many different things in our lives, but when we're going through barrenness, it is very easy for our faith to kind of, um, yeah, just take a really hard hit. (laughs) And so I, I talk some about what that looks like and how to really come back to seeking the Lord and allowing him. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it more, but, (laughs) but, um, really to just let God define our faith and not infertility. Um, then the next three are our marriages, which can take a really hard hit as well. Walking through the difficulties of, of infertility and our relationships, um, specifically our friendships, but also family relations and, and things like that can really struggle. And also the last one I called heart. And what I meant by that is just who God created us to be. Um, I think a lot of us can, can think of things in our lives that, that really bring us joy, that we really love, that God just has, um, put in us a desire for, um, yeah, it, there's different things. In my life in particular, it specifically was that I loved teaching children and working with children. And so infertility really attacked that. And that was something that I needed to take back from the enemy, really, that um, that God was the one that got to define that in my life and not my struggles. So that's kind of a, just a quick overview. We're going to talk more in depth as we go. But today we're going to start with telling a little bit about our personal stories. And I am really excited to hear mostly about from Lighty because it's um, a lot of you have heard some of my story. I'll go over it a little bit, but it's really neat to hear other perspectives and how 
people face, um, how people face barrenness in their lives is very different and where our particular struggles come in Mm -hmm. can be very different. And yet when we take the time to share and listen to each other, there's so often just connection and the ability to really, um, just learn and grow from the communication between, between people. So anyways, we are, we're going to get started with that. Yeah. So why don't you start Tasha? Like just go right back to the beginning to, I guess my thought is like where, when was infertility even as a word, like first something you knew and what did that look like and go from there? Yeah. So for me, it started when I was, I think 19, um, which was way earlier than some people because at that point in my life, I wasn't married or anything. And so on one hand, uh, whether or not I could have children was kind of a far off thing. Like Mm -hmm. I had other things to do between now and then. Um, But I started having some health problems and ended up at the doctors and was yeah, one of the one of the diagnoses came back and along with it came this, oh, by the way, this could mean that there's a strong chance you won't ever be able to have children. And at the time, I think like I was a little offended by it. <laughs> not not offended at any in person in particular, but like I knew that I wanted to get married and have children. Well, it almost attacked your plan probably or yes, something, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like I had lots of goals and all of them included getting married and having a family. And so I well, yeah, was I I was just a little frustrated by that. At the same time, it was a little bit removed because it wasn't a current part of my life. I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't looking at the point when I would have a family. So it was right. kind you of weren't like trying to get pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, I did like, I prayed about it some, and there was like this stuff that I kind of worked through. And to be honest, I was pretty much like, phew, that was hard. I guess I'm good now. I'm good now. Like the Lord and I talked about it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, having no idea that I had just barely begun, really. <laughs> but what ended up happening for me is that I I had that diagnosis. I was looking at my life. I thought that I dealt with it. I really thought that I was good with the Lord and with even if that was part of my going to be part of my life but then a couple years later I did get married and I didn't realize until I got married that I had this like thought in the back of my head and it sounds so silly to admit it now but (laughs) I had this thought in my head that Yes, this was supposed to be something that, you know, like doctors were saying was going to be hard for me, but probably God will just heal me. Like probably it actually won't be an issue. And the fact that I like surrendered to the Lord and was trusting him meant that he'd probably just take care of it for me (laughs) and I wouldn't have to do anything about it. Like I love how we kind of trick ourselves into that sometimes like, oh, I'm almost like, oh, we're kind of above hardship because we know how to just 
surrender or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's really, really what it was like. I just, yeah, I, I really had tricked myself into, and, and I think it was genuine. Like I, I truly thought that I was trusting the Lord and that's fine, but it still ended up being much different when I actually was faced with the fact that this was a real thing and it wasn't going away. And I certainly didn't have a honeymoon baby. And I certainly didn't, because that was kind of my thought, like, oh, wouldn't that be funny if I was supposed to not be able to have kids? And yet, there just I just did. And so when that didn't happen, it kind of threw me for a tailspin a little bit. Like I had to stop and think through um, what I actually believed about who God was. And if I actually trusted him, not just with the idea that maybe hard things could be coming, but actually with the hard thing itself. And so that's really where kind of the the journey through infertility got real for me. Um, and it was, I had a lot of health issues as well, kind of at that same time. Like in, instead of, not only did I not have the baby that I thought maybe the Lord would just give me, but I also was really sick. Right. And so that combination was it it was rough and it started out our marriage on a pretty rough spot, actually. And we'll talk more about that in the marriage episode. Right. But um, that put me at a place where I needed to decide if I was actually going to follow this God who had not done what I expected him to do, even though I thought that I had been faithful in trusting him. And so that is where actually my, my first book, Pain Redeemed, kind of goes over that whole story about um, kind of where I had come to in my life and kind of the desperation that infertility gave me because I longed so much to have a baby and to raise a family. And then also on top of it, like that was there, but I think even more than that was this desperation that came because I wasn't sure if God was who I thought he was. And so what I ended up doing, and this is how my story went personally, I ended up kind of going back to scripture and saying, okay, God, what did I miss? (laughs) And I read through the whole Bible. My husband and I actually were living in Haiti at the time. Um, We were on the mission field and so I was able to do this. And I always tell, I always throw that in there because some people are like, oh my goodness, you just read the whole Bible because I, I read it really fast. I read it in about 22 days. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but part of it was because I was newly on a mission field where I didn't speak the language. So I literally did language classes and read the Bible. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. We didn't have, it's not like, and again, people too i'm always like i didn't have children when i did such and such you know that's a good thing (laughs) (laughs) it does make a huge difference so but in that process of reading through scripture from genesis to revelation um the lord did renew a lot of things in me and showed me places where i had been remaking him into my image or the image of of what i wanted him to be and what i wanted um really what I wanted the Christian life to look like, but not what he said it was going to look like. Right. And so that was a huge part of my story. And I really came to this place where I had to say, all right, Lord, I am going to follow you with or without 
So whether you heal my body or whether you don't, it's not actually going to have any bearing on whether or not I believe in you, whether or not I know that you are good, whether or not I serve you with my whole life. Um, that Those decisions needed to be based on who God was, on the character and nature of God, not on my specific circumstances in my life. And so that was a transforming thing for me. Now that, of course, doesn't mean that the actual struggle of infertility gets better or goes away, right? Um, You still have cycles of it. You still have struggles and disappointments and all of that kind of thing. But it changed something in me to where my struggles with infertility did not change my knowledge of who God was, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of, is it, so basically it's like the idea of, um, God, who God is, was like speaking into my struggles instead of my struggles speaking into my knowledge of God, if that makes sense. Um, and, and it's just a slight change in how, how things happen in your mind, but it, it changes everything about how you survive through hard things and specifically things that um, are well, yeah, let me let me back up just a little bit because I was going to say one of the things that I really learned in that reading of scripture was actually about the word barrenness mm-hmm. because we use the term infertility and there may be some um, versions of the Bible that use infertility in some places, but a lot of them use just the term barrenness. Mm-hmm. And I, as I studied that term, it it really made me realize that a lack of children is only one tiny part of what can be barren in our lives. And barrenness is really unfruitfulness, right? Like it's not producing more. So in the terms of our fertility, it's not producing more children, but there are many places in our lives where we may not be bearing fruit um, or we're not seeing the, the completion of something. And so learning that God has seasons of barrenness um, that he allows us to walk through and going through that does not mean that who God is changed in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the same when there is, you know, when the, when the trees are loaded with fruit and when everything is doormat in the middle of winter, right. God is exactly the same. And so that was very healing for me, actually, to recognize that um, God's interaction with me wasn't going to, like on his side, his interaction with me wasn't going to change according to what season I was in. And then on my side, that um, that my surrender to him needed to be the same no matter what. So that was that's kind of the basis um, of my story as far as my learning and understanding who God is. And I believe I came to a place where I definitely experienced wholeness and healing um, long before we had a miracle baby. And and that that part of my story is still surprising to me. Like, it's so new. I still haven't quite placed it all the way in. <laughs> um, I, I often will look at my daughter and be like, mm, 
did that happen? I, that did happen. Yep, there she is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still feel like um, that that the healing that took place, it really was connected to recognizing who God was apart from my infertility. Yep. Um, and not mixing those two at all. So that's that's really, um, that change brought a new season for me. And that was probably, uh, I'm trying to think, that was probably about five, about five years into infertility. So mm-hmm. I still had a lot of years of infertility after that, um, that the Lord was so faithful through, so faithful and so good to me. And there were still all of the, the seasons of grief and there are cycles of grief. Um, there were still like month after month where I would still hope for a baby. So like the, the hope and loss cycle that is part of infertility definitely continued. But my stability and knowing who God was and who I was in him um, didn't alter with right. each cycle. So yeah. that's, I Yeah. That is what I hope for and I pray for everyone who is going through some kind of barrenness, that they will experience that, that they will be able to know the Lord's presence that way. But that's my story. Now, your story was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was going to say before I talk about my story, just that like I think too that we, when we're looking at this subject like, I think that there can be somewhat of a misconception of the fact that like then when you do have children in whatever way that that kind of like fixes Mm -hmm. that problem. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's just worth kind of acknowledging that it really doesn't like, Mm -hmm. however, whether you adopt or have biological children or whatever, like it doesn't, maybe childlessness changes, but it doesn't necessarily change the fact that you went through that struggle. Oh, right. right. Like even, yes. like even like in the adoption world, that's kind of a thing talked about like, Hey, you need to be, if you went through, if your reason to adopt or part of your reason is like infertility, you need to have kind of gone through just what Tasha's talking about. Like, you need to get some healing before mm-hmm. you adopt because you can't think that adoption is a fix for the struggle that is right. infertility. Because no, yeah, that is that is a very good point. There is no baby is going to take away years of infertility. Yep. Um, and and that's it's kind of a hard thing because it sounds really good, and I've heard it. I've heard this said a few times, like. Like someone went through years of infertility and then they had a baby and they're like, oh yeah, it was worth it, right? Like the weight was worth it and all of that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. there's some truth to that. It's, sure. it's, that's there, but, um, it doesn't actually, it, it doesn't change it. Like a baby isn't going to fix it, I guess is maybe the word. Right. It changes things, but it doesn't fix it. It doesn't, um, and, and I can say that actually on now at this point <laughs> after, I, I've been saying that, actually. I, I wrote um, something about how a baby doesn't fix infertility years before mm-hmm. we had any children. But 
I have adopted two times and I also had a baby then. And in the process of that, it was very clear, like this didn't fix what I had lost before. And it can be, that's kind of a touchy place because like right now, I'm so thankful that I had a baby. Like, obviously, (laughs) I am so thankful. I'm so grateful But right now we're already in a place where women that I was pregnant with for my, when I was pregnant for my daughter, there were a lot of friends that were also pregnant at the same time. And now that my daughter is 15 months old, a lot of those women are having another baby. Like it's come back around ones that are just in the middle of their childbearing years and they're having their next one. And I'm not at all and I would love to, but I'm not. And so having to stop and be like, this is actually still hard. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) it can be surprising. I guess it's kind of saying that kind of just as a, as a warning and the same thing with adoption, like you can adopt and bring home a baby and be like, okay, this should be good, but it's still going to be hard um, because it doesn't fix it. Yeah. And I think too, like, there can be some guilt carried with that because it can feel like, oh, I shouldn't have a hard day. Like, right. I shouldn't feel overwhelmed by the fact that I have a two-year-old because I waited so long and and now I should just appreciate it, you know? And like, I just don't think that's true. Like, no, par- a two-year-old is still hard is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no matter how long you wait, whether you, yeah. whether you had a honeymoon baby or whether you waited 10 years, you know? And so I think that, yeah, Yeah. just it's another thing is like, we just shouldn't feel guilt anyway. Like shame, guilt and shame is not from the Lord. And I think we, yeah, it just, it doesn't even go along exactly what we're saying, but it's just the point of like, you know what? Parenting is hard and just having a baby, adopting a baby, all any of those things, it doesn't fix like, it's okay for that to be its own separate hard. I guess yes. that's what it is. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that is, that does go along in the idea that th- the hope and healing for infertility isn't going to be a baby. Right. And the hope right. and healing. Right. That is our point. <laughs> yeah. The hope and healing in other areas isn't the fix of, of that area either. Right. Um, sometimes it's just the process of, of going through this hard thing, whatever it is, and finding the Lord to be there and to be faithful mm-hmm. and being willing to say with things going the way that I want or without things going the way that I want, I trust you, Lord. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Totally. So the first time that I can remember thinking about like, oh, everybody doesn't just automatically have children. Like I was aware of that. My, um, when I was a teenager in youth group, my youth leader was, was struggling with infertility. And so I was very aware of that concept, but I think you don't ever, which we need to have her on here sometime. Maybe that she'll go. be a good follow up to uh, <laughs> this series. But we like, I don't think we always see things and think about how it could affect our own selves necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's not like I thought like, oh, you just sort of think automatically, at least in our circles, I think like, oh, you're just going to get married and have babies. And mm-hmm. that's that. And a lot of people do. 
and it's great. <laughs> it's great when that's how it works. I love it, you know? Yes. But I was about 18 and I was somewhere where we were writing down almost like fears or something like that, or like maybe questions that we had. And I remember writing like something like, what if I can't get pregnant? Mm -hmm. And so like, it's just interesting to me. Like I remember acknowledging that like I was 18. I was also not near, you know, I wasn't getting married anytime soon or whatever, but I was, I remember just kind of acknowledging the fact of like, Oh, what if, what would happen if that's part of my story? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think even then I would have felt like, yeah, I probably would adopt. Um, I didn't necessarily, I didn't always just have that in my heart. Like, Oh, I want to adopt someday. Um, which I think is fine. I don't, you know, doesn't matter, but mm -hmm. that's just where, where my story was. Fast forward to, we get, um, you know, several years later, like five years later or something, uh, Jordan and I got married we we discussed children we both knew like yeah we're open to having a pretty big family it's weird thinking back now that was like you know 11 or 12 years ago and it's weird now thinking back like isn't it funny that we think that we can make plans a yeah. little bit you know like and I think it's okay even to make plans and on with the understanding that God is the one who directs our steps, like the Bible says, but we didn't, yeah, we didn't have a plan of like, we're going to wait five years or wait a certain amount of time or any of that. We mm -hmm. just kind of, we didn't know exactly. We didn't, I wasn't, some people I think are like, yep, I'm getting married and they're anxious to be pregnant the first month. I didn't feel like that, but I was kind of just open to, well, we'll see what God, what God has. So as the years went on, I think that first fall, I thought one time that I was pregnant maybe, and obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and, um, but it didn't feel like a big hardship yet mm -hmm. at that point, you know, it was kind of just like, oh, okay, that would have been kind of fun. Like right. I was thinking about like, what will that be like? How will I, if someday I find out I'm pregnant, like how will I tell Jordan? How will I tell my family? Like all those kind of things. But it was just like, oh, nope, I guess I'm not. And then it was pretty quickly, like the way my personality is, I was pretty quickly like, okay, I'm not taking a bunch of pregnancy tests through my life. Like I know that I've, seen people or read about people, whatever that like, you know, almost every month they're wanting to be pregnant and wondering if they are. And I just was sort of like, Nope, I'm not going to do that. I just mm -hmm. kind of made that decision in my, in my own head, in my own heart. Like we'll get pregnant when we do. And I'm not gonna, I'm not going to let that be a stressor in my life. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think it's just interesting because everybody's so different and it's, that's okay. It's okay to be the way you are. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we were several years then into marriage and then, and I think the first couple of years, I didn't think much about it one way or the other, you know, and people would say things like, would ask, like, would ask, well, when are you going to have a baby or whatever? And I would just say it was a while before that started to kind of irritate me, 
mm-hmm. but there was a point where it did kind of start to irritate me because I'm like, a, I had other friends, Natasha being one of them who like I knew wanted to be pregnant and were struggling with that. And it felt to me like, don't you know that like, really that's not helpful for you to ask like right. and it was starting in, in my own life to become like I actually don't have control over this like yeah I'm doing everything you're supposed to do to try <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes me being a little bit snarky I would say things like that to people like I'm practicing as often as I can <laughs> you know <laughs> um it would just put people a little off guard and you know I guess yeah. I I gotta check my heart with how pure it was if I for me to be teaching people that I should have maybe been more direct, like, Hey, that's actually hurtful. But you know, that's not exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in the relationship. Yes, one. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, at, at some point I kind of, I didn't go into marriage or the, when I first felt like we could have kids anytime saying this, but it's like, I kind of like it became how I felt. And it was just that, we weren't, we weren't preventing pregnancy. We were fine with it happening. And we kind of felt like, okay, we're trusting the Lord about this subject. Mm -hmm. And it struck me at one point that why do we always think that trusting the Lord means I'm going to have 12 kids? You know, that's usually what we, what we kind of go with. Like, oh, they're just trusting the Lord for their family. Oh, well, they're going to have a bunch of kids. Well, guess what? That's not always the case. (laughs) Right. But it kind of struck me that like, okay, if I'm trusting the Lord, like I need to trust him if the number is zero. And it really kind of just cemented in me like, no, I'm really am trusting the Lord for our family. And I would kind of, I'm more vocal and have, you know, especially with my thoughts and feelings with than Jordan is. And so I would say those things and he didn't, he didn't say any different, but I was kind of, that was really, I think my revelation from the Lord, just like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to enjoy not having children. And I'm going to trust that God knows how many children we're supposed to have. And he knows when they're supposed to come. And that was kind of, that Mm -hmm. was good enough for me. Um, so then it was, I wouldn't, I can't tell you exactly when, but it was several years then into marriage when I, looking back now, I can see that there was definite like pride with what I was dealing with because I kind of, I kind of was, I kind of prided myself in like not struggling with the fact Mm -hmm. that I didn't have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I, I was always kind of trying to check my heart as far as like, am I just, am I having a bunch of feelings that I'm just like shoving down? Mm -hmm. Like I was, I didn't want to do that. Like I knew like, okay, if this is hard, like I want to deal with that. But every time I would check, I was kind of like, no, it's not hard. I just trust the Lord. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and at some point, like, you know, my friends, my siblings, people around me, like started having children and all that. And people would say like, are you okay? Like, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm fine. Like I trust the Lord, you know, and, and it's somewhat of a, I don't know the right word, but I was doing both. I think like I was trusting the Lord, but there was kind of a part of like, there was definitely like a pride thing there also, I guess. And so there was a point where I was talking, I was talking about this subject with my aunt Tish, who's very wise and just, 
you know, a woman of woman of God and encouragement to me. And I think I mentioned like, yeah, I don't know. I think it might be hard for Jordan Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I just kind of, yeah, I don't know if that was just the very first time I'd really kind of thought about that, but I felt like she, she said to me, like, I was kind of saying, yeah, I trust the Lord. Like I'm good and whatever. If it happens someday, it does, but maybe he doesn't have any children for us and Mm -hmm. whatever. And she said, she said to me something like, like, okay, but are you guys in agreement about that? Like, is, is that how your husband feels too? Mm -hmm. And it just kind of really struck me that like, oh, like, just because I feel like this, like if he feels differently, like if he would like to be pursuing this more or that kind of thing, like I need to get on board with that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I wish I could remember better the timeline, all that, but I just remember that conversation for sure impacting me and me kind of taking that to the Lord. Like, okay, Lord, like I'm willing to like kind of pursue feeling those feelings if I need to like I wanted Mm -hmm. to be willing to feel the things that are hard you know I think in some ways I just was like hey this is fine I'm just gonna avoid the hard (laughs) (laughs) and I think that was fine for a season and I always say that if Jordan and I if our personalities were reversed like we probably would have had children or pursued adoption or whatever a lot sooner because I would be more of like the pusher with what I'm thinking and feeling. And he would like think and feel those things, but not necessarily mm-hmm. make something happen to pursue it. And so, but the so Lord it was knows. really just a kind of a, um, just a point in your marriage where you realized that Jordan was longing for a family. Right. And ready to do something about it. Right. Um, and not not that he wasn't trusting the Lord, but exactly that maybe the Lord was even you didn't even know if the Lord was putting something different on his heart because right. you hadn't really taken the time to look at it. Right. And so that's kind of what was being called out. Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, exactly. <laughs> maybe you so, should look at this. <laughs> right. And I realized even like it was it was a difficult time. Like there was a point where. Yeah, I don't remember, but I don't remember exactly how many I counted at once. But it was something like 34 people were pregnant, like that were that we knew and that we a lot of them were like Jordan's friends, like people he grew up with, people that, you know, like he was close to were all like a lot of them was with their first child, but they were like becoming dads and all of that. And that was something he had really desired a long time. So it, that was, it was difficult. And I didn't, I don't think he always knew how to put it into words. So like situations would happen, like someone would announce a pregnancy and because it's typical for the wife to be the one to struggle with that more mm-hmm. it, it, than the husband, not that men don't struggle, they do, but in a different way, sometimes like, it's almost like I never even considered the fact that we were just flip flopped. Like I just was like, Oh, well I'm fine. This isn't hard for me. So I never even considered that it was hard for him. Right. That it would be actually harder for him than you. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's, it is the 
wife that feels it yeah. more. And maybe it's just maybe. because sometimes women are more vocal. So you end up hearing about it right. more. This is you true. Know? This is so true. either way, I, f- I did kind of realize like, you know, so someone would, I was starting to say someone would have a pregnancy announcement or whatever, and he would be in such a bad mood, you know, and be just, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then eventually I would realize like, oh, or two, like the day that different babies were born and like, yeah. And it's never, I don't want to be speaking for him and when he's not here to defend himself, but like, you know, it's never that you don't want that baby to be born at all. It just highlights the lack that you have. It's not that you, you know, some of them were our nieces and nephews and we were thrilled for for right. them to be born in their lives. You know, it's nothing to do with that, of course. Yeah. Just a reminder that that's not where you're at right yep. now. And there is, it is true. Like there can be going about life. Sometimes it can kind of fade a little bit. Like just the the struggle of yep. that lack can kind of be in the background. But an announcement of some kind just brings it back to the forefront. And yep. so, yeah. Yep. So I feel like then... Yeah, obviously some parts of it are just a long story, but we kind of, I feel like we sort of like backed our way into like figuring out if we can even get pregnant. We kind of actually thought about adoption first, like it kind of came up. We talked about it a little bit. I started, I hadn't really ever considered it, but I started getting a little excited thinking like, oh, maybe we could do this. And then we were like, well, before we even do that, we should like, you know, get pregnant or, you know, say we can get pregnant. And then even before that, like you need to go to, if, if that doesn't happen, then you should maybe go to the doctor and see if there's something simple that, you know, all those things. So, um, about kind of that same time. And this is where, um, it's just kind of cool. We find interesting with Natasha and I, where like, we were almost like, we almost had the opposite journeys. Like we, we both kind of went through the same things, but almost at different times where, Mm -hmm. where at the beginning of your journey, you were like really longing for a baby and kind of had to get to the point of, okay, God, I trust you either way, Mm -hmm. you know, and you shared about that getting to that point where I kind of started out at that point Mm-hmm. In a, in some ways, and then as we were as we started this journey, I I knew that there's lots of feelings that come with it. You know, I knew that it could feel really hard, and I think that that's what I was wanting to avoid. And then there was a point as so we were kind of at the point of like, okay, let's let's try to get pregnant, and then maybe go to the doctor. So there was a season then. Where, like I said, I had kind of been at that, like, nope, we're not going to try. Like, I don't want it to get in the way of our relationship. Like, I don't want that to be what our sex life is all about. Like, I just want it to happen when it happens, (laughs) which is not always practical because sometimes you have to work a little harder to make it happen. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but we were kind of at a point where I was like, okay, let's let's try to get pregnant. And, mm-hmm. um, we were at a, like a conference or something. And it was the first time they were, I don't know if, I don't remember if they were asking specifically for like childless people to be prayed for, or if they were just ex- like, you could just go praying. get prayed for. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which, but either way, like I said to Jordan, like, can we go get prayed for? 
like go together mm-hmm. and actually like I feel like that was the first like real acknowledgement of like okay well, this is a struggle for us yeah and like I think we just kind of knew obviously because it had been at that point it was six and a half years into marriage so we knew we're not getting pregnant so there must be something right. going on but at the same time we hadn't ever like put a name on it I guess sure so we got prayed for I really felt like I'm gonna be pregnant next month I was like okay you know, yep. I was yep. kind of I, finally I at that point that you were at, like, you know, on your honeymoon. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, anyway, so that was a little difficult. We weren't the next month. And I just kind of felt like, okay, God, I'm really confused. Like, I really thought that that's what was going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that same winter, I also, like, adoption, we had thought about it about a year and a half before. And then... um it kind of was on that actual thought was on the back burner. We weren't pursuing anything to do with that. And so that winter, I kind of just started saying to the Lord, like, if this is going to be something for our story, like, will you really give me that desire? Will you really make Mm -hmm. me ready? And I started listening to podcasts of people who had adopted and reading some books and just kind of like felt like, I don't know if this is part of our journey, but if it is, I want to be ready when it comes. Yeah. Which, even that, being able to say that, like, that's just Holy Spirit. Because what am I to know? I didn't know that was coming. I didn't really even think it was. Right. I kind of thought we were just going to be pregnant, you yeah. know, same yeah. thing. So um, s- then, so yeah, even still, I felt like I couldn't quite acknowledge that it was like a struggle. It was just sort of like, yep, we're just, you know, kind of trying to get pregnant and trying to see what the Lord has here. And I was, my heart at that point was definitely turned towards like, my husband for sure really desires this. So I want to ask the Lord for this. And so, Mm -hmm. and I felt like at that point that God started telling, like asking me to ask him, like I had never really asked for children or Mm -hmm. for a baby at that point. Like I hadn't, I was just kind of like, okay, I trust you. But yet there was an element of, and I think that again, this, applies to so many areas, not just about children, but there's an element of like, it's part of the journey. It's part of the story. It's not just about the child. And I felt the same way when it was my journey towards having a husband. I knew I desired that. And it was Mm -hmm. a lot of it was more about the journey. Like I love my husband. He's amazing. And you know, I'm thrilled that it worked out how it did, but in the time leading up, like it was more about what God was doing in me mm-hmm. than about mm-hmm. who that man was. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same. I feel the same about children. So I just started kind of saying like, okay, Lord, like hearing his voice saying to me, like you actually need to ask me. And really I felt like I needed to, to hope for that. And I felt like he kind of started teaching me kind of bringing me into a journey of hope like that year was really that was what I was learning was about hoping and what that looks like and I felt like God was like calling me into hoping like saying you know Mm -hmm. there and that is hard that was hard because that's like that's vulnerability that's yeah like you're opening yourself up to hurting and I think because I had dealt kind of with that 
that pride part of like, oh no, I'm not going to hurt about this. Like, I think that that's sort of where I was coming Mm -hmm. from when I was, yeah, it is both. I think I was trusting too. Like, it's not like I was just like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm (laughs) whatever. You are so cool to like, (laughs) oh brother. No, um, no, that really is really, really good though, because in, okay. In scripture, there are several places where we translate, um, a the the Greek word and it's in the New Testament. I should have looked up where this is. Maybe maybe we'll have it for the show notes. We'll see. <laughs> but there are places where where the Greek is translated into hope. But if you look up the actual meaning for it, it actually means to wait. Right. And in in a lot of ways, I think, and maybe this is kind of an American mentality because mm-hmm. we have so many things right at our fingertips. But we tend to think that waiting for something means that someone has failed. So like if I have to wait, um, if I'm meeting you for lunch and I have to wait for you, then it's a negative, right? Like that's because you're late. That's why I'm waiting for you (laughs) because somebody is late. Um, And so I think sometimes we take that mentality and we apply it to the things that God is doing in our lives. So if we are spending a season in waiting, then it's easy to feel like, okay, God, you didn't come through because I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. And so it must be you that was not ready when you were supposed to be. Right. right? And so we we make it a negative, like someone has failed here, when in truth, that's not how God views it. He actually calls it hope. Right. And it is this calling into hope is a real, um, a huge part of actually journeying with the Lord and being with him means that we hope for things to come. Right. Like that is such a huge part of who God is and who he is in relation to us. And so getting our terminology correct, maybe Mm -hmm. is is a little bit part of it. Like we want to avoid pain. Like when you were saying, like, I want to, I want to avoid that thing that I know is going to hurt. I don't want to mm-hmm. be vulnerable in that place. Um, yes, you wanted to trust the Lord and you did trust him, but there, there was that area. And I, I had the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways I kind of started out hoping and then tried to like cap off my hope. Right. Because right. ouch, that hurt. Yeah. And so like that I wasn't worth to, it. And, and the Lord had to do the same thing really. And I, I wouldn't have put it in that those words before, but it's so perfect that the Lord had to call me into hoping in him and waiting, waiting for him saying, I will wait on you, Lord. Yep. And, and whatever, whatever you have yep. is, is good. Yeah, exactly. So then that year kind of started, started a year of where the journey got more difficult. And I, I did start, you know, hoping and I kept, I kept saying to the Lord, I know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I don't want a sick heart. Like, the Bible says that. And so why would I want to hope like, you know, and, but it was just a beautiful, a beautiful journey of God saying of learning about trust in like the next level, you know, like I think I, I had an element of, I know I can trust God, but yet he was asking me to like open myself up to him, up to the fact of, Mm-hmm. that that hurt could come the what if yeah 
What if you never do have children? Like, what if now you like it? That's what it felt like. It felt so vulnerable. Like, what if now I decided, okay, I'm going to hope I'm going to ask you and you still say no. Well, what then? And then that is the point of when your trust is like even more like solidified, like, okay, I, I did hope for that. And it maybe still was a no. And yeah, I trusted. So it was, that was about two years before, um, Harrison, our almost two year old now son was born and we adopted him. Mm -hmm. And that year was kind of a year of, and then again, we'll talk more about it in the marriage part, but a year for Jordan and I both to kind of together mourn the fact of, oh, we haven't had children up till now. And yeah, there was definitely different situations that I hadn't, I hadn't felt before. I hadn't faced before. I think some people, I just took a while to get there. Some people I think might've felt that sooner, but that June. So that was like in January when I really started like that journey of, okay, um, am I willing to hope? Am I I willing to ask the Lord? And, um, I would love to just share this one little story Mm -hmm. when I was, um, it was in January that year. So it was January of 2017 and I went to a prayer, um, like a ladies kind of prayer thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I think you were there actually, Tasha. So we both went to this same prayer thing anyway. And when it kind of got to my turn, I don't know if we were going around and praying for each person or what, but when it got to my turn, um, I was a little irritated because everyone was praying about like a baby for me. And I was still, this is back kind of at the beginning of that part. And I was still kind of like, why does everyone think that's the only thing that I ever need prayer for? Like it just kind of felt like I have other things going on in my life. Like why is everyone that's like, why is that the end all be all just, to have a baby. I, that's kind of was my attitude a little bit anyway, but praise the Lord. He's so gracious with us, even when we have bad attitude. <laughs> um, and people just continued praying and it ended up really being a turning, a turning point in my heart that night. And I remember a couple things. One woman said to me, um, one thing she said was you need to just start like speaking that you are a mother of children. I think she might've said, joyful mother of children like I I think she said look in the mirror and just say like I'm a joyful mother of children and that felt like but I'm not that felt hard (laughs) thinking about that but I did Mm -hmm. kind of I took that in you know and I did start changing my thinking and then another thing she said was I think you need to um I think you need to buy some baby things and I was like um no I am not doing that. <laughs> not out loud, but in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt like in my reason was that whole thing of like, no, that feels really like hoping like having baby stuff in my house means I'm thinking that there might be a baby, but like, what if someday I have to pack that up and there's no baby that feels scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, I, it was somebody I really respect and it felt like it was from the Lord. So I just really took it in and, I, I don't know. It was 
maybe even a month or so later. Like I thought, I kept thinking about that and thinking, okay, maybe I'll buy an outfit or something. And I went to, I went to Walmart one day and I walked around and I looked at all the baby clothes and I walked around and, um, I left. I think I was crying. I think I left crying. And like, that was foreign for me because I hadn't let myself feel those feelings yet. I hadn't mm-hmm. let myself be like, actually, this is kind of hard to think about buying an outfit for a baby that I don't have. And I don't know if I'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And I, even at that point, I felt like, I don't know that God has ever given me a promise of that. Like I felt like I don't, I haven't heard from the Lord that he says you're going to have children. So I don't even have that to kind of, yeah. I was looking for that. I was asking him for that, but I didn't feel like I had that to hold on to. So one thing I remember that night texting Jordan that I had done that, which even that was big. Like we didn't always share those feelings. Mm -hmm. And so even that was good for me to kind of be vulnerable and say like, that was really hard. I just love Walmart crying, whatever. So I think it was maybe like a month later or something. I was in Walmart for other things and I walked by, I had kind of just left it. I hadn't pursued it anymore anyway. So I walked by, the baby stuff and there was hanging there was like some clearance stuff. So it wasn't a big production. It wasn't a big, I'm going to buy something, any of that stuff. I just was like, okay, Lord, fine. And I took it and I put it in my cart and I kind of had the attitude like, okay, Lord, whatever. I'm I'm trying to hope here. So it, you know, and you kind of want it to be like something you might read in a book, like this big, amazing, you know, thing, but I didn't feel like that at all. It just felt like completely mundane and just, pure obedience. That's what I was trying to do. So I put it in my cart and I even felt like, I don't want anyone to see I have this in my cart. Anybody that I know, I live in a small town. I don't want people to think I'm pregnant. I don't want anyone asking me if I'm pregnant. I don't want people wondering if I'm pregnant. Like that whole thing, you know, just, I was facing, I was feeling all the feelings that are pretty typical, I think. So, um, I got in my car, I put, you know, got all my stuff, got in my car and I started pulling out and like literally capping or I don't know how you'd say it, but right over the driveway I was driving out was like a beautiful rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I felt like in that moment, you know, like a rainbow, rainbow symbolize a promise. Actually, like in the Bible, when after the flood, when Noah Oh my word. Harrison's <laughs> middle name is Noah. And I don't think I've ever thought about that before. I just oh my goodness. That, like, I'm like, your face. what? <laughs> oh my word. Maybe I have. But anyway, when Noah, after it happened again, God said to Noah, I put a rainbow in the sky to remind me. Like it wasn't like to remind Noah. Actually, we use it kind of like, oh, God's promise. But it actually says like, to remind me to never flood the earth again kind of thing. Like, and anyway, so I always, you know, we think about rainbow with about promises and God's promises. And, and in that moment, I felt like he said, like, I have a child for you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't wonder after that, like after that, I felt like, okay, I can, I can pursue this because I felt like God, Mm -hmm. you know, again, still, you still trust him, even if it never happens, but it felt like, okay, I think I can, I can hold on to that, whatever. So that's just kind of a, like, 
I just love that story of just God's love to me of, okay, I was just a little bit willing, just like opening myself up to that vulnerability. And I felt like he met me. He, he loved me. He revealed that to me. And so, and one of the things I was thinking about as you were sharing that is, you know, it was still a process after that. Totally. And, And there were still times when you thought that the Lord was going to provide a child in one way and it right. was different. Yep. Like by the time your son came, there had already been a time when you right. thought that maybe it was going to look different. Yeah. And and that is I feel like that's really a huge thing because there's going to be repeated times in our life when we are following the Lord, we are doing our best to serve him and to obey him, and we will have an idea in our mind of what it's going to look like. Um, just an expectation, even like, even if we're trying not to have expectations, I think it's our nature to start trying to piece together because we know God pulls together these stories. Right. And so we're like in anticipation of the Lord doing something. Mm -hmm. It's easy to be like, Oh, Oh, well he might be doing it like this. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. As long as we're holding it with open hands saying, all right, Lord, like mm-hmm. I see maybe you're doing it this way, but I'm trusting you're doing it, period, that in some way. So I did find the um, the the word with hope that means wait. And it, it's actually in the Old Testament, not the New Testament. So we're talking a Hebrew word here. <laughs> yeah. But in Psalm 130, and this is there may be other places too, but in Psalm 130, Um, verse seven, it says, Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord for with the Lord, there is steadfast love and with him is plentiful redemption. And the word hope there, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. Um, but the Hebrew word actually means to wait. So it's, it's actually saying, Oh, Oh, Israel wait in the Lord. Yeah. And I just love that because that's really what the Lord was calling you into and what he called me into Mm -hmm. like waiting in him, putting our hope in him. Um, that he was going to fulfill his word yep. in some way, right? right? Even if it looked different than what we expected. Yep. And that was a huge part um, of my journey was allowing the Lord to, to do his work while trusting him instead of constantly being like, wait a minute, God, you did that different than what I expected. So are you real? Right. Right. Because that's that's what I wanted to do. That's what my initial reaction was when God didn't do what I expected him to. Not even that he was whether he was real, but like if what I knew about him was real. Like, are you really good? Are you really loving? Do you really care? You know, like all of those things. And when we choose to say, no, I know who God is and I am going to put my hope in him, which means I'm going to wait in him for him to fulfill his word in his way and that that is actually a safe place and and i say that like i'm not saying that recklessly i guess Mm -hmm. because i didn't go into a lot of detail i always have a hard time because my story is so long just like i'm sure you feel the same way there's so many different avenues and ways but i didn't go into a lot of detail but in the process of this, of journeying through infertility, we had failed adoptions. We had a little baby that we were in the process of adopting who was born too early and never left the NICU. And we sat with her and watched her die. You know, like that was, so what I'm saying, like it is safe to trust him and to uh, put our hope in him. I don't mean 
oh, it's going to be all good. <laughs> you know, it it's really hard and I don't get it sometimes. There's there's things that I walk into um, even now with parenting adopted children and now parenting a teenage, well, teenagers, two teenagers and a baby at the same time, mm-hmm. there's situations and things that happen that I just feel like, really, God, this is, was this really what, what you meant us to be right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of trusting him, um, part of putting my hope in him is knowing that he's not confused right? Like he's not, he's not lost. He knows me and he knows my children. And I know that his goal is for all of us to know him and to follow him. So no matter what hard thing, like if you're listening and you are going through infertility and you're feeling like, God, why, why am I here? Well, part of the reason that you're there is not because God's doing anything to you, but it is because God is calling to you. Right. And if you have other struggles, if you're single and you're wanting to be married, like that is barrenness in its own way. Mm -hmm. And why are you there? Well, it's not because God's doing something bad to you, but it is because he wants to be with you. He's calling to you. He is wanting he's calling you into hope in him right that's what he's calling you to and and if you are a mother of you know half a dozen kids and you're like i'm going crazy i don't know how to handle this it's because god is calling you into hope in him yep love it Mm -hmm. well we hope that you will continue to join us the next few weeks as we dig a little deeper into more of more of this subject and the ways that affects affects our life but tasha thanks so much for doing this and it's Mm -hmm. fun to get to sit at a a table with you i think next week august will be joining us and after that we'll see um but of course we always have to ask what's good about today oh man what is good about today well for one thing honestly to the day that we're recording this it's a beautiful day And we've had some stormy weather here. We've had, you know, it's winter in the north. And I'm really loving the sunshine (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm just I'm just thankful that the Lord breaks up even the winter months with. Yes. You know, some sunlight and it's good. (laughs) I get it. I concur. (laughs) Um, What's good about today for me is that. I have a dishwasher all of a sudden. Well, I got it. I got it last summer. We got it for our anniversary and then it just got hooked up um, this week. And then I just did my first load in it. And I'm not always a dishwasher person. I have had one at one point before. And sometimes I'm like, is it just easier to wash the dishes? But today when I loaded it up and then it was just cleaning them and my counter was clean, I was like, Maybe I am a dishwasher person (laughs) (laughs) and I'm actually really looking forward to it because lately I feel like there have been too many nights that I'm like going to bed with a counter full of dishes and I hate waking up to dishes. I love when I get them done, but I just don't always because life. Can I just say I, so our house does not have a dishwasher and it's not really set up 
with a good way to put one in. Okay. Like we've kind of talked about it a few different times. Yeah. And we have some water issues with really hard water. And yeah. It's just different stuff. And regardless, dishes have kind of been this thing now that my family's a little bit bigger and now that, I don't know, we just have stuff going. Yeah. Anyways, it's been a little harder for me. And my husband has taken it upon himself lately to either do the dishes or have the kids do the dishes, which my children have very minimal chores. <laughs> so I do not mind them washing dishes at all. But sometimes making them do it is more work than doing yes, it yourself. Right. Exactly. And so it can be that's mentally exhausting. Yeah. So anyways, but he has taken it upon himself to make sure that at least several nights a week, all of the dishes are done and put away so that I get up in the morning and it's usually after I've gone to bed. So I don't even know. It's like a surprise. That's you get great. up in the morning and it's like, oh, yay. Anyway, awesome. so that's another thing that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We have a lot of good things. Well, it's so funny because I'm actually excited because there was a point. Jordan, it's just not his thing. He doesn't really wash dishes very often. He does sometimes. There's lots of things he does that I don't. I'm fine with that. It's kind yep. of just the thing that I do. And like, especially, yeah, I don't even always mind washing them. You know, you mm -hmm. put a podcast on and oh, it's yeah. just a few minutes alone, really, if Harrison's doing something else, whatever. Anyway, but at some point I mentioned to him, like, maybe that I didn't love emptying the dish trainer and just that, like, he could always empty the dish trainer and that would be a blessing to me and must be he doesn't mind emptying it as much as he despises washing it and so a lot of times now I don't that's I don't know if that's been a year or two even now maybe but a lot of times now he will empty like put mm -hmm. away the clean dishes so I kind of feel like he might continue to do that even with the dishwasher Ooh, and like nice it's easy to keep a dishwasher filled so yeah I'm excited so that's great that is a big blessing to have had that given to us. So, all right. I guess that's all we got for today. Tune in next week. <laughs>